Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Debbie Stewart. Now, today we have a special edition video podcast for you where we're talking about something that the Lord has been doing and stirring in Debbie's life, which is limiting God. Mm -hmm. Debbie, I'm so excited for what you have for this. Listen, I just felt like the Lord had given me this particular word and then encouraged me to share that. So I'm so glad we got to do a special edition today. The Lord has been really walking me through a series of questions, and one in particular stayed with me for quite a while, and I'm still working through, but I have already noticed it has had a significant impact on my way of thinking, um, on my life, and then as I'm thinking about the future, just planning and dreams for some future things. And so here's the question. The question that the Lord brought up from several random, unrelated circumstances in my life was, can you limit God? Oh, Can you limit God? Well, you've piqued my interest. What does the Bible say about that? Well, I immediately started thinking about all the scriptures that I know. Genesis talks about, can is anything too hard for God? Matthew tells us uh, nothing is impossible with God. Luke, think with with God, all things are possible. Um, I was even thinking about Second Chronicles sixteen nine that says the Lord roams to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone mm-hmm. to which He can show Himself mighty on their behalf. Like He's looking for somebody to work through and looking to do something. We know that He is able. We know that He is sovereign. He's control over everything, um, every everything, everywhere, all the time. We know this about the Lord. But we also know that he is willing and he is longing to do great things in our life. So um, his word tells us he has no limits. He has no boundaries. He is limitless. I mean, that is the truth. So the answer is no, you can't limit God? Well, that's what I thought for years until I saw Psalms chapter 78 in God's word. I've always thought, can you limit God? Well, no, no. I'm not going to be able to limit God. God's going to do Mm -hmm. what He's going to do, and I'm not going to have any say of what God does. Mm -hmm. Then I read Psalm 78, verse 41. So let's go there. I want to read this. And and you know that I hate to jerk a verse, so we're going to have to go back. Let me go back to 78, the first few verses of Psalm chapter 78. Mm -hmm. It says this, because this is a great context. This is the background for which God is speaking about can we limit Him or not. My people, listen to my teaching. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I will speak to you and show you hidden lessons from the past, stories that you have known, stories that your ancestors should hand down. We will not hide these truths from our children, but we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, and we will tell of his power and the mighty deeds that he has done. Mm. So the next generation might know him. And remember his glorious deeds, even those children that are yet unborn. Each generation can then set their hope anew on God. Hmm. Very next verse. Yet they did not do as their ancestors. They became stubborn. They were rebellious. They were unfaithful. They refused to give their hearts to God. Hmm. Then chapter uh, verse 41 comes in in chapter 78. And the Bible says again and again, 
They turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Mm. They limited God. So the answer is yes. Yes, you can limit God. Yes, you can limit his power at work in your life. And yes, you can forfeit his activity in your life. And frankly, that scares me. I wish Uh, that were not true. I don't want to be found guilty of you limited God. What you did, your stubbornness, your rebellious Mm -hmm. ways, your refusal to give your heart to God. And I'm not talking about what we do on Sunday morning and raising our hands in worship. I'm talking about daily activities of life. So verse 41 says, and, and what I, the reason I love that it says is it's, it's recorded for our benefit. This mm-hmm. has been recorded. I have taken this as a sincere warning to me. This was recorded for me. Uh, I put about 10 different translations together, and I came up with this list from that one verse, verse 41, of what they did, what their actions were. They rebelled. They grieved. They tested God. They provoked Him. They frustrated Him. Mm-hmm. They tempted Him. They forgot. I like this one, Total King James. They vexed. Mm. Who uses that word? I love it. But I looked it up and it means they irritated and they made it difficult for themselves. Mm. They limited God. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And when I do these things, I do the same. And I wonder what the Lord would say about me, about us. Um, Just some self-reflection today, just some self-application. What list of these behaviors would hit your life today? What are some of these things that I've done this last week? So now let's dig this out a little further. What what is the reason? Why why did they rebel? Why did they limit God through all of these processes? The Word tells us, if we go on, we don't have time to read the whole chapter. It's kind of long, but I encourage you to do that. Read all of Psalm 78. It stands as a firm benefit, but also a warning to us. Here's just a few things. Let me hit some highlights Mm -hmm. as we dig this out. The Bible says that they turned away that they did not remember his power on the day that they re- that God redeemed them from their enemy. That The Bible says that they did not acknowledge, that they did not appreciate, that they did not show thanksgiving. They, did not, they refused to remember all that the Lord had done. They refused to remember those things. Uh, I say in our, our family with our little grandkids, no gratitude, uh, no gratitude means bad attitude. Say that again. Yeah, no gratitude means bad attitude. When you're not thankful, when you're not appreciative, when you're not grateful, mm-hmm. then you are limiting God in a variety of ways in your life. I, I, I want you to read, um, go on down, and this is so interesting to me. Read verse 56 and 57 okay. of that passage. And I've got it out of the New Living Translation yeah, that's here. A good one. It says, But they kept testing and rebelling against God Most High. They did not obey his laws. They turned back and were as faithless as their parents. Mm. They were as undependable as a crooked bow. You know, I don't want to say, no, they did not. Uh, (laughs) Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And it's recorded for us. And not only they, it's handed down from generation. Mm. And that little phrase again and again, just again and again, same behavior over and over, no self-correcting, no self-evaluation. No asking the Lord for forgiveness, no adjustment, no realigning our lives to God's word. He just, again and again, they acted the same way. They did not change. Mm-hmm. No self-evaluation. Uh, reminds me of just a few weeks ago, our grandkids were at our house and our oldest, Clark, is about eight. And he is he is so tenderhearted. He is wired in just the sweetest way. 
we were playing outside on the back patio and in the garage, John Mark and I have this huge bucket of change. We've just had it for years. We always put our change in. The kids like to play in it or whatnot. And so Clark came to the patio and he put a quarter down on the patio table. And by this time, his little eyes were filling up with tears. And he said, Dodie, I took a quarter from your jar. And he said, I'm sorry, I will not do that again. Well, now I'm about to cry. And, and I thought, buddy, uh, yeah, you, you're at Dodie's house. You don't have to self-report here. You know, I mean, <laughs> as many quarters as you, you want. Know, yeah. And that's it. Let me tell you exactly what I did. So I told him, I, I appreciate your honesty. That's called integrity. And I appreciate trustworthiness. You're being truthful, Clark. And that is so important. And then I told him, you go to that bucket of change, you get a handful of quarters, as many as that little hand of yours can handle. And he went in and got a huge handle, a handle of it. And I thought, that's often what the Lord does. Mm -hmm. If we will come to the Lord and say, you know what? I got this wrong. I didn't do this right. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I don't want to act that way. I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says again and again. I I found myself over and over now saying to the Lord, I don't want to do that again. I've added that word. And many times I think, and he he would love to bless us. Thank you for telling me. And I feel like now I'm self-reporting. I need to Mm self-report and Mm self-correct. It's kind of what the Lord does to us because the Bible tells us, not only Deuteronomy, Old Testament, but a lot of New Testament passages, he blesses obedience. Mm -hmm. There are consequences to choices. He blesses obedience and there is difficulty and there are curses for disobedience. So really some personal application here for us to think about is what do we do again and again? Are you self-correcting? Are you self-reporting? Are you saying to the Lord, I didn't quite get this right, and I want to stop at this moment. I want to realign my attitude. I want to realign the words that I said. I want to, re- mm-hmm. I want to respond and react out of kindness. So is this idea of limiting God something that doesn't really apply to people that believe in God? You know, here's the thing that bothered me about it. Mm-hmm. When you read it closely, the problem was with God's people. Mm-hmm. He said, these are my people. He's not talking about the world in this passage. My chosen people, he says, he's not talking about those in the world that are acting all manners of evil and unkindness and doing those things. The Bible says it was my people that limited me. And that's what really, like in the church, we are the ones that are limiting people who say that they love the Lord, people who say that they follow the Lord. It's not people outside the church. It's inside that we are the problem, that we are limiting God. I have the ability to do that just by... Spiritual apathy, Mm -hmm. um, indifference, laziness, personal preferences, COVID, all things that have happened. And the enemy uses those things to set up an ability to limit God. We don't recognize it. So how do we prevent limiting God? Well, I ask that same question and I begin to ask the Lord, like, not only only show me where I'm limiting you, Mm -hmm. show me what I need to do where I have. Um, And then 2 Chronicles 7, 14, for me, was the answer that God said. The Bible says, if my people, which is referring really to this Mm -hmm. passage in Psalm 78, these are God's people. He said, if you, my people, not all people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Psalms was tells they kept turning away, away, away. And the Lord said, if you'll turn this way, Mm -hmm. if you'll turn this way away from those wicked ways, I will hear from you. Uh, and I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. The Bible says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land if there's ever a time That's good. when our country needs to be, our world mm-hmm. needs to 
be healed of our wicked ways of what we've done. So we know from this that revival starts in the church with God's people praying. And the revival, I believe, is intended to start in the church and outflow to Mm -hmm. other people. And now I've realized I can hinder that. We limit his movement, his purposes, his intentions, his plans. And in doing so, we limit the revival that God so desperately wants for his people. So what are some examples of limiting God? Um, These are some examples. God word gives us several. And what I have learned through this process, because I begin to look, I want to look at who got this right, who got Mm -hmm, this wrong, what mm -hmm. actions should I be taking, what actions should I be changing? So through this process, one thing that I realize is I guess I need to stop praying for revival. Lord, bring revival, bring revival, bring revival. What I need to do is start removing the hindrances that I have set in motion toward revival Mm. and then pray for revival. That's good. And so let's look at God's word about those obstacles. His word tells us through this passage in 78, what limited him? What what exactly did they do? We can know that their disobedience, because it said they rebelled, Mm -hmm. they refused to obey, and it grieved his heart. That comes from stubbornness. That comes from an unwillingness to follow God out of love for him. So it really comes, bottom line, out of a love, unloving toward the Lord unwillingness, undesire to follow Mm -hmm. him, lack of desire for knowing him. So really disobedience. One way we limit God is through our disobedience, stubborn, rebellious. The second is found in verses um, 43 and 44. It says all the miracles that he did and that he displayed before them, they did not believe him. Every hardship, every difficulty in their life became an opportunity for them to whine and complain and really not believe him. Now, what are we going to do? Now we're in the desert without water. Now this is what's going to happen. Now we have the Red Sea in front of them. They never saw it as an opportunity to believe God, even though he demonstrated miracles before your very eyes. Which we still do that today. We do it every day. Mm-hmm. And now I'm aware of it. Before mm-hmm. I, was a, I wasn't really paying attention mm-hmm. to what I was doing. It doesn't doing. seem like a big deal until you put it in, oh, I am limiting God I never through these made choices. That connection. Mm-hmm. I never made the connection of liberty of God in my life, the liberty of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in my life is directly connected to my limiting Him. So I'm going to add one more. I truly believe God that gave this to the uh, on my list today. So the first one was um, just disobedience, that our general stubbornness, that limits God. The second is our unbelief. The third is our forgetfulness. Let me, let me not forget to add that one. Uh, forgetfulness, this is um, listed a little further in the chapter, verses 50 through 55, if you were to read that. It talked on and on about how they failed to remember that they did not recall to the next generation. Forget, just forgetfulness of what God has done in their life. Not looking at it, not thinking about it, not showing appreciation, not writing down a, uh, in your journal, Lord, I'm so thankful for this, just general appreciation. And then I want to add one more that I believe the Lord added to this list, probably for me only. I'm going to add number four is going to be snarkiness, <laughs> just general snarkiness. The Bible refers to them being short-sighted mm-hmm. and short-tempered. And my mom used to refer to that as don't be snarky. That is funny. So... Thinking about this, what happens when we limit God? It kind of feels like maybe we're setting something in motion here. We are. And I referred to it earlier about we are limiting um, God in the liberty that he has. So really, mm-hmm. for me, I'm in one or two places. 
God either has full liberty in my life to do what He wants. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do the opposite of those mm-hmm. things that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to obey. I'm going to believe. And I'm going to be thankful. And I'm not going to be snarky. I'm going to do those things. So when I do those four things, He has full liberty to work in my life. So He's either li- at liberty to work in your life or you, or you are limiting Him. You're in one camp or the other. There's liberty or there's limits. Mm. And all of that depends on our actions. Ephesians says he can do immeasurably more than we can ask, think, or even imagine. But we have the ability to frustrate him Mm -hmm. and to limit that. And here's just really the biblical truth. When we limit God, we grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? I looked it up and there are several definitions. These are from a variety of places, different study Bibles. But one is this, you know, I love definition. So one is this, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, because I, I wanted to have a good understanding. What exactly mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. that mean that I'm doing? I, I didn't want some, you know, Sunday school answer to that. What does God's word say? Here's what it means. When, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we deliberately or inadvertently behave in a way that is not amnical to spiritual improvement, I totally love that word. And I think it's inimical is how it's pronounced, inimical. When we deliberately or inadvertently, I'm going to come back to those two things, behave in a way that is anonymical to our spiritual improvement. So I looked up that word. It's not a word that I use often. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love, you know, I love de- those definitions. I looked it up. Inimical means this, and I'm not even kidding. The definition means obstructive. If something is being uh, inimical in your life, it's obstructive, it's harmful, and Say it with me. It's limiting. Mm. It's limiting. When we intentionally or unintentionally, let me just crank down on this. Here's another observation um, that I came up with this. When it says deliberately or inadvertently, and and I I do that sometimes. I do that often. Oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, I didn't mean to skip my quiet time. Oh, I didn't mean to say that thing. I I didn't intend to. I wasn't, wasn't on purpose. I wasn't planning to be disobedient. I didn't mean to do that when I said I was going to do something and I did. I didn't mean, but here's the thing I have to remind myself. The consequences are the same. Whether I did it intentionally Mm -hmm. or inadvertently, I have set in motion some consequences that I now have to deal with. So something that I'm telling myself, and, and this is just really a leadership lesson for me, uh, and, and self-correcting is decide with wise counsel what needs to happen. Debbie, decide with wise counsel what needs to happen in your life and then do it with intentionality and integrity. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have to go back and say, oh, so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. So sorry, I left you out of the loop. Oh, I didn't mean to do this. Didn't mean for that to happen. Didn't mean for you to feel that way. I hear that a lot. And I do that a lot. And that's going to stop in my life. I'm going to get with the Lord. And his word says, in a multitude of counselors, your plans succeed. Mm-hmm. It is in a multitude of counselors where you can learn the, the direction of the Lord for life or ministry. Get with some counselors, figure it out, and then do that. If it's hard, do it anyway and mm-hmm. do it together. Uh, Psalm, this passage, passage in 78 is God wanted them to remember so that the next generation could set their heart anew on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Here's what really struck me. What I'm doing right now is affecting my grandkids. My attitude, even when they're not around, even if they're not even here, what I'm doing in my life for this generation, for me, is affecting, it's impacting them. Will they be able to set their heart anew and hope on the Lord? Do I recall, do I remember God's faithfulness? Am I recalling it to my grandkids so that they can live a life of hope? And now I'm starting to 
to try to do some things on a regular basis and just thinking practically, what would that look like for me daily? How can I not only speak gratitude to the Lord? I can write it in my journal. I can say it on my knees, but I want other people to know as well. Just for instance, last week or two, I I, I, I did a post online. I did a, a picture of my sweet husband, had a big fish and nine pound. Actually, fishermen are very particular. It was nine pounds, three ounces. Don't okay, you mess so it up Get now, that in there. <laughs> a big fish that he was holding that he had caught. And in the minute he, he showed me that fish, I thought there was a day. There were a lot of days, actually. I didn't know if he'd ever fish again. Mm. There were days that I prayed, this, that, Lord, that this man could fish again. We didn't know. But you know what? We got past that pretty quick, and life goes on, and I never reflect back on I never thank the Lord. And so in that moment, I posted that picture, and I said, thank you, Lord, because there was a day I didn't know for sure, and I'm remembering your goodness to us. You didn't have to do that. That mm-hmm. was You gave him a new heart. You didn't have to give him the ability to fish again. We're, we're happy that you gave that. But to practically say that to other people, we, with a you know, World Wide Web now, we can say that to people not only in our community, we can say that to people in our church, in our country, and in our world. Reminded me of a passage in Ephesians 5.17. It says, do not be unwise, but be understanding to what the will of God is. The Lord reveals to his will through his word, but we limit that will through our actions. And again, that phrase again and again. Mm -hmm. Um, So just a thought for us to think about today, what our actions have been this last week. They did not know him. They did not understand. They did not follow through with God's word in their life. Mm. So there are some examples of some people. Um, we've talked about a few that didn't get it right. The Israelites, God's people. There are a few here and illicit in faith. And we'll hit, we're at a time. We've got to hit this quickly. But the Bible says in Matthew 8:10 that there was a centurion man that, that believed. He said, he said to the Lord, my daughter is sick. You don't even have to come. And he believed. Mm. The Bible said that he had great faith. There was a story in Matthew chapter 15 of a Gentile woman, centurion man, not even listed. His name's not given. The Gentile woman, her name is not even given, whose daughter was healed from demon possession. But the New Living Translation says in Matthew 15, 28, your faith is great and your request has been granted. Man, Limitless, limitless. It wasn't said of John the Baptist. It wasn't said of the disciples. It wasn't said of people. It was it was said of people who believed God and they removed all limits. Matthew 9, 27, the blind man says, according to your faith be unto you. And he received his sight. Matthew chapter 9 also talks about the woman with the issue of blood. And he said to her, your faith has made you well. Mm-hmm. Your faith has made you well. People of great faith remove all limits. So let's ask the Lord today. Show me where I might be limiting you. Psalm 137, verse 23 and 24 says, search me and show me that we can know areas that we've limited God. And today, let's remove all limits. Man, that's good. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing what the Lord has been working on. Well, it's still in process, so more to come. Well, we'll all be in process together. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.